Hey guys, what's up? We are back for another episode of Onside Chicks. I am your co-host Jordan here with Kaylee and oof, there's still drama. There's still drama yes. in the NFL. We are it's the same drama that has kind mm. of carried us through this entire offseason. So while on one end it drives me crazy, I am also eternally grateful for it because it's given us something to hold on to up until yes. literally leading us right up until training camp. But there's also been, before we get into all things Aaron Rodgers, no. there was also some news broke this week. The supplemental draft was canceled for the second year in a row. This is the third time that it's been canceled in its entirety since it started in 1977. And while like last year, I believe the only, there was one pick made by the Arizona Cardinals. And so while this isn't necessarily huge news, it's still a big deal. Tell me your thoughts on it. Um, I would like to know why. I feel like that, they hadn't that, really disclosed why. I know in the past they mentioned lack of people signing up for it. Obviously, it, it, it's going to depend year over year based on how many people sign up. It's in January when you declare for the draft. If there for some reason you're not ready or something you know, situationally prevents you from declaring. Now you have this opportunity, which I'm kind of surprised that it didn't happen this year because with all of the colleges who didn't play in 2020, all of the players in college who opted to sit out, you would think that there would be more players who would need something like a supplemental draft, but I could be wrong. I just haven't seen any reasoning as to why they canceled it this year, but I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it has anything to do with teams being like, no, we're good, or if it's players just not signing up. But I would love to know a reason because it just seems like of all years, 2021 would have had a supplemental draft. Yeah, that was my thought process entirely because everything I, and I was scouring through things, mm -hmm. trying to find something leading up to the show. And it was basically short and sweet. Yep. They just decided to cancel for the second year. And my thought process was kind of on the same wa wavelength as yours, because especially with last year and all of like college kids who got their years cut short or every, there's been so much uncertainty. And just because of how much talent alone there was coming out of this year and last year, like things have gotten so messed up mm -hmm. that it does seem like this kind of would be a great year to have it. Um, I wonder if COVID restrictions are still playing a part, but yet the NFL itself is moving towards being basically it feels pretty normal for at least for vaccinated players. So I don't know. It just feels a little weird to me. Yeah, no, it's weird. It, it's really weird. I mean, it's one of those things that whether it happens or doesn't happen, we're never really going to know. Obviously, I think um, I read notable picks from supplemental drafts, obviously Terrell mm -hmm. Pryor, Josh Gordon. So I, there have been players coming out of supplemental drafts that have obviously performed well made and made a name. Back. Yeah. Made a name for themselves in the league, but um, it's obviously not often uh, given the amount of years that this has been going on, but, but yeah, I mean, interesting. It's one of those things that come next week, we probably won't remember, but definitely a head scratcher for right now because I don't know. I just figured like, I felt that way in the draft too. Um, you know, every guy that got called was, you know, dealing with an injury or had opted out and they haven't really seen this guy play more than a handful of games. If that, right. So it just seemed like there would be a lot more of those guys that had fallen through the cracks this year prior to the draft, but who knows? I mean, it, it's just one of those things that um, you kind of forget happens every year until it comes up and they say something about it. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I need more. I need more explanation. Yeah, but I think you're right. This is literally one of those things that we are clinging to just for any bit of news. Until, news. Yeah. Until training Look, camp. We're so starts. close. I realized today how close we yes. are. August 5th. It's is right around the corner. What? We're here. We're we almost there. there. It's a holiday weekend this weekend. We're all going to be yeah. occupied celebrating fourth. And then we're literally a month away. Yeah, we're so close. Season. I'm excited. I'm I'm pumped. Thank God. And even though, so yes, it is slowly creeping up on us, but there are still major questions that mm -hmm. we don't have answers to. And I think we should just jump right into it now. 
Let's do it. Um, We still have no idea what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like this has been something that we've talked about in almost, if not every episode over the last yeah. couple of weeks, but, but there's still no news. Like I still have no inkling of what he is actually going to do. Mm-hmm. We are creeping up on a pretty major deadline for him though. We are. Yeah. So Friday at 4 p.m., Eastern time is the deadline to opt out of the 2021 season. That's all players, not just Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. but that's a change made to um, the 2020 CBA through an amendment that the NFL and the PA decided on last month. So if he provides written notice, now we've got an answer. Um, It also helps him out, right? Because you're looking at if he doesn't report to camp on the 27th and he doesn't opt out, he's getting fined $50,000 per day, right? I think that, I mean that's a lot of money. It's going to cost him, I believe 15, almost $16 million to hold out. Um, if he doesn't opt out, but if he opts out now, he gets that, you know, almost $7 million signing bonus. The Mm -hmm. team really doesn't get much if he opts out, but at least there's an answer right on how they can move forward. And I think that's the toughest part is like, they have no idea how to plan, how to prepare, I mean, obviously, I think they're going into it with the mentality that Jordan Love is our guy until we know otherwise. But this saga just keeps at least at least we will have some sort of answer by Friday on whether he's opting out or holding out. If he opts out, we we have a way to go. If not, then it's like, is he going to retire or is he going to hold out? Is he going to play? And we've at least eliminated one option. Do you think, say Friday comes and we learn he's not opting out, do you think there's any chance, any possibility still of a trade? Like, do you think anyone, I don't think at this point there's, I mean, the only team I can think of potentially is the Broncos. That's the only one that really comes to mind, but I still at this point, this late in the game, this close to season, I feel like it's either going to be if he, this is if he doesn't opt out Friday comes and goes, we know he's holding out. I say he is either retiring or he's going to be a Packer. Those are to me, that seems like the only two options right now. Yeah, I I mean, I would agree with you. And I think the Broncos keep coming up in my mind because I don't want to believe that they're that gullible or that dumb. I hate to say that, but that draft decision to pass on a viable quarterback is just so disappointing. Um, And it kind of seemed from the outside that they might have just known something we didn't. They had a a direct line to Aaron Rodgers. And now, you know, what what turns me off of even believing that that's the case or a trade might get done is just all is so quiet on the NFL front. And just like us, everyone, all of these insiders, these reporters, journalists are looking for news constantly. So if there was something to be dug up as far as the trade, I just, I would think that we would have seen something it by now. Would be circulating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just don't see that happening, but I also, you know, $15 million, $16 million is not small um, at all. Right. So I, I do think that I, w- I wouldn't assume that he's going to go the holdout route just because I think that's a big dent in the, uh, in the bank account. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I do think if he doesn't opt out, it's, it's retire or play. Right. And, and what does play even look like at this point? Because you've now gone through this whole thing, this whole, all this drama, this long saga of will he or won't he return? He's in Hawaii. He's doing this. He might retire. You've gone through this whole, I he mean, Netflix Jeopardy. special. Correct. Hosted Jeopardy. I mean, he's got a plethora of career opportunities, but I don't I don't really know what returning looks like as far as a culture and fit standpoint between him and the front office. So that's what I'm a little worried about. No, definitely. Because you say all this puts behind, he comes out, he starts when the season starts. Now there's going to be a lot. It's going to be toxic. It's going yeah. to be a toxic environment yeah. because... I don't know if he's necessarily going to be happy to be there. And I feel like everybody's just going to be walking on eggshells around him. And and it for all the right reasons, he's going to want it to be his way, which I think they should have been doing for a very long time now. And they just haven't been going that route. Yep. So I think it is everyone's probably going to get a little power hungry. I feel like people are going to like between him and LaFleur, there's going to, there might be a battle of who's actually in control here. And and when you start moving into those situations, it it just gets hard 
to run a team and run an organization because you also have to think about everybody else that makes that team what it is. And if you split it, if there's some people that are team Rogers or team coach, like it starts to get very complicated. So there's still so many questions. And I feel like even once we start getting answers, it really isn't going to be until the season officially starts that we kind of see how the Packers are going to be able to run. Look, I still support retirement for him as much as I want to continue to see him play. I do think that he he's finding himself. He's living his truth. I love that for him. And you know what? If he retires, the Packers get a whole bunch of money back. Right. So there, yeah. there's a lot in it for both sides. Um But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, it impacts a lot of people. I think the number one guy that is kind of thrown in the mix right now is Javante Adams as they look to make that extension possible and make it a reality. um, You know, they still haven't reached any terms with Javante Adams as far as an extension, which is really concerning. And I mean, maybe it's just me. I, I doubt it's just me, but I imagine this has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers, if not completely to do with Aaron Rodgers yeah. and what this decision will be. And he tweeted today, cra- or yesterday, crazy, we never know what the future holds. I know. So I-, I feel like we're heading into another JJ Watt <laughs> situation. Like I just have PTSD from that whole thing Yeah. Um, because I was reading into that like crazy and everyone was like, this could just be him like looking at life, like being super, but it could mean yeah. everything about the Packers, which just makes everything complicated. Yeah. I mean, it could be about something else. It's probably not. I think we've, (laughs) we've gone through this situation so much that we, I think we know, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, I would say that at this point he's earned the right to be at least in the conversation of being undoubtedly the number one receiver in the league to some extent for most people. And that all comes into question, right? Like if Aaron Rodgers is not there to throw him the ball now, where does he sit among wide receivers? And we'll, we'll dive into the full list of top wide receivers. But, you know, it's so concerning for him being where he's at in his career, looking to really, I, I would say he's in his peak right now. And and you are wasting a year of his career if Aaron Rodgers isn't there to play with him. Now, Derek Carr has made comments about wanting him to come over to Las Vegas should he hit free agency. But um, he's obviously not dabbling quote unquote in thoughts of landing spots besides green bay so i don't know i mean how would you feel about a reunion for for Derek carr and Devonte adams that so let's backtrack a little bit yeah. because this whole right before like right when the season ended we were so at least i was so gung-ho i wanted Devonte adams as a packer yeah the only reason that that was so important to me was because his connection with Aaron Rodgers, it's too good to separate. And in my mind at that time, there was no chance that Aaron Rodgers was actually retiring or leaving Green Bay. Like I was so far, like I still am kind of in that blind optimism a little bit that he's going to be a Packer and everything's like going to be fine with him as a Packer. But at that point, I was so convinced. So to me, them getting him for this year was such a big deal and it was so great. And then they could pop off and do what they do best and then they can work on an extension and it was going to be this perfect fairy tale happily ever after. Now it really opens up the question. Is it like you said, is it even worth it for him to be there? Because also he's 28 years old. It's not like, I mean, it's not old, but it's not young either. Like you're at this point, he's at a turning point and he is at his peak and he's killing it. And I do think it would take a lot for me to say he wouldn't be wide receiver one this season. Like I just really can't see it. I mean, we'll see what Jordan loves capable of to help him get there. But I do think it raises a lot of questions where now Aaron Rodgers retires or he's not a Packer any longer. I think Devontae Adams is the best thing for him to be get out of green Bay. Yeah. Like I said, I think this organization, and I don't want to sound super dramatic. I think without Aaron Rodgers, this organization is about to crumble. And that isn't a knock on Jordan love at all, but just seeing the state of the team as a whole, the coaching, the uncertainty of how it all played out. 
I just think it's going to leave them very broken. And it's going to take a lot to rebuild. So with the point that Adams is at in his career, I think it would be best to get out. And for him to go to the Raiders, which is one of those teams that's not quite there, but so close, like just missing a couple pieces. And if Derek Carr got one of his favorite weapons, that would be unstoppable. Yeah. So I think if he is going to go anywhere in 2022, obviously we have to see how this season, I think we have to see, we need one snap of this season to actually make any definitive decisions on yeah. Devontae Adams free agency 2022. Yeah. But I do think Raiders should be at the top of that list. But what's confusing is he's clearly, he hasn't come out. He's not happy with the Packers, but he's not openly bashing them. Right. He has that cryptic tweet. But then when Derek Carr comes out and talks about this, he's like, no, I'm a Packer now. I'm a Packer now. So I am very torn. He's sending out very mixed signals. Um, and it's yeah. me very confused. Look, I think the... I, I just think no one knows what's going on, right? And yeah. I think even the Packers organization really doesn't know where they're going to be in a month's time um, when we're ready to play preseason games and in two months' time when we're ready to kick off the regular season. So I think he is being very respectful. I think he is yeah. saying you know, great things about the Packers, staying very middle ground and just very he you know i mean he he knows what to say he's very pc about the whole situation he knows what to say what not to say and i think he's just waiting for Dar for aaron Rodgers to make that decision and i think so is the whole organization i think maybe he has some insight that obviously obviously he's got insight we don't because i do think that they have probably built some sort of bond off the field now i don't know that that means that he has any clue where aaron Rodgers' head is at because i don't think anyone does but i think he can see maybe what steps the organization is taking in repairing that relationship or planning to potentially trade which i think is unlikely as we saw as we said but but yeah i just think he knows a little bit more but probably not too more too much more than everyone knows mm -hmm. and I I can't say I would ever recommend him staying there without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I just think when you look at where he's at, like you said, he's not he's not young, but he's not old. He needs a couple more years in a place that truly is a contender, right? And I think the the Raiders are could be that team. I don't want to say they are that team, but they definitely could be. They're in they're in that conversation. And they're always you, so close. They're all, but they've added things, right? Like, yeah. so they've gotten a little bit better every year, and it, it is what it's a slow build. Their problem is they start off every season so strong, yeah. and they come out, and everyone gets so behind them. Like, they were the Chiefs' only loss for yeah. a like coming out, and that's divisional, so it's a little bit different, but still, to be able oh. to just show up and do that, it's a very big deal, especially. For them, it could make or break playoffs for them. Yeah. But then for some reason, at the end of every season, they just kind of go on this downward spiral. So if they got a couple other major pieces, I do think they are steady people in that conversation. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at talent between those two rosters, I mean, if you remove Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to, I don't want to talk down on who the Packers have there, but that roster is not, it's not no. built, right? And they don't have, it's not flashy. They don't have the guys they need. They've got Aaron Rodgers and they've got Javante Adams. And so if yep. you lose either of those pieces, you really are in a tough spot. So I think the Raiders are obviously a better place. You have that connection with your quarterback already, which is, I think, probably invaluable, especially for a veteran running back or a wide receiver at this point in a veteran player on offense, regardless of what position, it is just nice to go somewhere. And I think we have seen a lot of those key weapon players move around to, to coaches they're comfortable with, other players they're comfortable with, systems they're comfortable with. And we do see them thrive. So I could see Devontae Adams going there. I think also you look at a million other teams that could use him and the money is not going to be small should he hit free agency. Yeah. I mean, he's looking at a very, 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 very large contract. That's another thing that I think we have to focus on because I fully believe he would, he knows how much he's worth as he yeah. should. Mm -hmm. I think he would take the pay cut to have an extension and stay in Green Bay only if Rodgers is there. 
Rodgers, there's no reason for him to be there and he can make a lot more money elsewhere. So it's really no question if Aaron Rodgers is gone, Devontae Adams is gone. And I think that should send the Packers into even more, I don't want to say a panic, but at the same time, I do think that they should panic because like we said, roster isn't flashy. I do think they're going to struggle. So it's like one thing after another. And it's kind of why I'm really pissed that they're not making more of an effort to try and do everything that they can to make this right for the both of them, because that is their team right there. And if you lose one and the other goes, you're done. Like there's, it's going to be very hard to bounce back from that. Yeah. I mean, look, money's great, but when you're this caliber of athlete and you've been very close yet so far, Super Bowls speak more and they speak louder. And so I think that is a huge factor for him. And and you're right. I think Aaron Rodgers is the key. I think a lot of people would take a pay cut to play with Aaron Rodgers. Um, But yeah, I mean, they've wasted a few years now in in drafts and in free agency, and they've really done a disservice to the players that are on that team and and to their organization, just assuming that Aaron Rodgers was going to be there and blindly follow wherever they were going to go. And they were going to prove these points and give these ultimatums and do all these things. And it's going to be tough when that backfires, if that backfires. But wow, it's it's interesting because I do feel like we're getting to the end of this saga, I think, uh, in some ways. And I don't know why I feel like that. It's just like a gut feeling of we will know something soon because I, I keep forgetting this is still happening. <laughs> Yeah. I keep waking up every day and just forgetting. I'm just like, wait, we haven't figured this out yet. Like we're just, we're hanging out. Like I said, I am living in a, I have not even come close to the conclusion that there is a chance Aaron Rodgers will not be playing this. Like I haven't even let my mind get there. And you were being, I know we talk all (laughs) the time about how we're maturing. And part of that is like liking other teams and enjoying other teams. Um, I am not maturing in this aspect. (laughs) I'm being very selfish because I don't want to see an NFL without Aaron. I'm it's too soon for me. I'm not there yet. And I would, Part of me is like, yes, of course I want what's best for him. And then the other half of me is like, no, I mm-hmm. need to watch you every week. Like, Look, if I have to watch Tom Brady still, if I have to sit every Sunday and watch Tom Brady play football. And I can't still, watch Aaron Rodgers. Then I, yeah, I don't want to league without Aaron Rodgers no. either. For, and as a matter of fact, I don't want any veteran. I want Philip Rivers <laughs> back. I want everyone back. I want every, I want Drew Brees back. I want bring me both Mannings. Give me both Mannings back because I'm tired of it. If I have to continue to watch Tom Brady play football on Sundays, I I can't do it. It can't be, it can't be him and all of Gen Z. It's got, I mean, there's got to be some middle ground. We need more veterans sprinkled in here. Aaron Rodgers was really the last hope. He was still kind of hip, but old at the same time. And now here we are. I mean, we, we like him now as a person. We're guys. Yeah. We've, we've made maturity, the growth, the growth there. Rides. <laughs> we have. I don't have this loathing hate for Tom Brady anymore. But if I really like Gen Z and Tom Brady, it's like he's the teacher I and mean, everybody else are is his students. Like yeah, that's literally the league we're in. He's the teacher that's like, what are you guys doing this weekend? Like, yeah. where, are you going, where are you going to drink and party? And they're just yeah. like, okay, dude, like get out of my face. Like that's the kind of teacher he is because he's Anybody have now, avocado tequila? Right. Oh my gosh. He's trying to be like, so, you know what? Maybe this is truly him. We don't know. I think maybe he's been suppressed and, you know, not allowed to have a personality for the past 20 years. Yeah, he was maybe. in the Patriot way. Right. So I think- Maybe we're just seeing the true Tom Brady. But either way, I don't want to continue to watch him play football. I'm over it. But at least if I'm going to have to, give me Aaron Rodgers. No, I don't think we're asking for that much. But I think that's very fair. I I think, look, I mean, I feel like everything we've presented right now is worth a a listen. Yes. Green Bay. we We have consulting fees. Yeah. Very modest consulting fees. So hit us up. Oh, all right. all right. Let's take a look because we still have a couple days before we get any answers on yep. this saga. Yep. Last week, we took a look at some predictions for top tight end, top 32 tight ends going yep. into this season. Um, and it was pretty comical because uh, 
we completely disagreed with the list minus like one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, so this week we are going to take a look at the top receivers going mm -hmm. into this year. Yeah. Let's okay. Let's go. Let's just start with a a chat about number one because okay. are are we agreeing that if Aaron Rodgers comes back, Devontae Adams yes. is number one? Okay. So that's out of the way. Now let's go into. We're also I think working off of Pro Football Focus. Mm -hmm. uh, their list. And that's what we'll be comparing to. So if you want to follow along, that's where it is. Um, but who is your number one? If Devonte Adams is out of the picture, I don't want to say out of the list because I think either way, he'll probably be somewhere on that top 32. But if he, if Aaron Rodgers does not play this season and Devonte Adams probably falls out of the top five, at least who is your number one? I'm going Stefan Diggs. I like it. I like I it. I think because I th feel like that's going to be like we saw, and that was after one season. We saw Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. And now this team, they've taken all the steps to even move to that next level. Yeah. Uh, and their connection, their relationship in general is just so adorable. So I think building off of what we've already seen, that's something that everyone should be afraid of. So I think he has a chance, maybe even with Aaron Rodgers coming back, to come in and be that number one receiver. But with Aaron Rodgers, I'm still going with Devontae Adams at number one, Stefan Diggs at number two. And without Aaron Rodgers, it, I would be shocked if it's anybody other than Stefan Diggs. I like it. I like Stefan Diggs a lot. I think we clearly like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. America's lot. team. Right. He also, I mean, look, he killed it for Buffalo. He played a ton. He was a huge piece of what they were doing on offense. So, and I like them a lot. And I think, I think he, he's one of those guys that might not go noticed week of week after week, but he's going to be on the top of those stats yeah. week in and week out. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on top. I'm my number one. If, if, Devonte Adams is not there is not very entertaining. Okay. I, I'm going to put Tyreek Hill there. I just okay. think, I think the the chiefs at this point are rebuilding. They're filling their holes. They're going to have injuries patched up before next season. And I just think he's so dangerous, right? Like he's got the speed. He's got great route running abilities. He's got agility. He's tough. He's physical. And at this point, there's just not a lot of teams that have an answer to him. They they know he's coming. They know what he's going to do, but they still can't stop it. So I, I it's not a fun answer because I think as long as the Chiefs play 75% of how they're capable of playing, I think he's just going to rack up stats and yards and touchdowns all season long. So it's not interesting, um, but I would put him at one. I would put Stefan Diggs at two. I really, I love what he's doing. And that, okay, so let's, Okay, working off of this list, because Stefan Diggs, the fact that I'm scrolling so far, he's at eight. Okay. So he's too low. Wait, he's, he's too what, low at eight. What's their top three? Their top three is Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. Okay. So how are, you, how are you feeling about DeAndre Hopkins? I'm two? doing good. Definitely top five. Okay. Definitely I like that too. Five. I like that too. But I, I just... I mean, I, if he we know, like, he is one of, like, the loves of my life. Yeah. Uh, so if he comes out this season, the only thing that makes me nervous with the Cardinals is they have so many options. Like, they They've have a lot. Yeah. So I just don't know if he himself is going to be able to rack up enough stats to take number one. But, hey, we saw that connection build early on. That team... Like I said, they're dark horse Super Bowl contenders. For me. Yeah, yeah, I love everything about. And this was a team I never not liked them, but this was a team I just never really got excited about before. And now, when I tell you, I am so eager to watch them. So who knows? Maybe DeAndre Hopkins comes out, and Kyler and him. I mean, we know how talented he is. Mm -hmm. So maybe Kyler just finds himself relying on him so consistently. Um, but we'll see. But I'm definitely saying top five for DeAndre Hopkins. It, it really is digging into my soul a little bit that they have Stefan Diggs at number eight. 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 So, okay. I mean, look, I I can see DeAndre Hopkins sitting at four or five. So I agree yeah. with you. Top five. I would not put him at two. But, 
And I think that goes to what you were saying. There's just, they've got a lot of options. They've got a lot to work with. We also don't know how each person's really going to fit in that offense because we saw a little bit of it last year, but everything has changed, right? There's so many more pieces there. There's so many more people there. Their approach should probably change. Now they have Allen Robinson at four. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say too high. And the reason I love him to death, I wish he would come back to Jacksonville, but (laughs) I, I'm going to say too high. I, don't think that they're going to throw Justin Fields out week one. And I think it's going to take time to develop that sort of connection. Do I think he's a top five wide receiver? If you put everyone in a bubble and had the same quarterback, of course he's phenomenal, but I think I can't see them starting week one with Justin Fields. And that's why I can't put him this high. That's and that's why I was making that face. It's nothing against Allen Rod. We said we felt Love so bad. He, he, I feel like he's trapped in Chicago, which is really sad because I would love for him to come out and just do what he does best. Yeah. But with how unstable they are, and I honestly feel like, especially what we saw from them last season, I feel like we're going to see a little bit where they throw Justin Fields out there and take him out, and it's going to be a back and forth. Yeah. It's not going to be a clean transition and they're going to let like it's going to be complicated and messy I can already sense that and unfortunately I do think that is going to take a toll on Allen Robinson so I I can't see him I'd say top 10 okay. I definitely give him a top 10 I can't see him top five okay I like I mean I like that okay thanks all right what <laughs> else what else is catching your eye on this list let me see I need to scroll through Michael Thomas at seven. Adam Thielen at, in the top ten. I kind of okay. like that. I that one I feel like is too high. And the Real, reason okay. I, the reason I say that so they have Thielen at nine, Justin Jefferson at ten. If you're gonna do that, I would switch. Them I would them. switch them. Correct. And I think I I do think Justin Jefferson. I I even think nine's a little low. Like I would argue eight or seven, just based on trajectory what we saw from him I really am super impressed with him and I like what he's bringing to that team and I think that is going to be a big factor in one taking away balls from Adam Thielen and I think that productivity is obviously going to go down um but Justin Jefferson is just so impressive and I think it's easy to look at the situation and the way he was drafted and all of these things and, and still want to know more, but I'm so thoroughly impressed with him. So I do feel like nine might be a little low, but I wouldn't go above seven or eight. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that we clearly saw how talented he was this past season. The one thing he struggled with was consistency. So if he can come out this season and be great week, like there were some weeks where he was beyond incredible and then there were some weeks where he was fairly quiet so I think if he can come out and be great not even like spectacular just be as good as you can be week after week that'll help him but no I am expecting big things from him the one thing standing out to me that I just had to scroll through Terry McLaurin scary Terry at 17 I think is way too freaking low way too low I love him I Love him. I do too. I now, hate that he's in my division because I just want to adore him. <laughs> now let's look. He, I don't know what to say about their quarterback situation. I get it. Brian Fitzpatrick. He's a fun guy to like. He's a fun guy to cheer for and root he's for. A fun uncle. He is. He is, and you can't hate him because he's got a great personality. He's got a lot going for him, but. Uh, I just don't know that he's going to be the guy that gets McLaurin no. up this list. But I, I do think that's way too low. It's way too low because yeah. he, he's he got raw talent. We saw it. I mean, look, look at their quarter, quarterback situation last year. Now, if that's what he can do under those circumstances, which are really unstable and injury and all of this, now you have a consistent quarterback, hopefully. Doesn't mean you will for sure. But if you have Ryan Fitzpatrick all season, you prepared with him all off season, you know what you're walking into for regular season. He should be higher. Yeah. He should be higher. I but agree. He, and I'm also noticing, let me do uh, uh Devonta Smith isn't even on this list. Uh, he's not. Okay. No. All right, cool. That's interesting. I'll remember so, that for football focus. I, I I take personal offense to this. We don't we don't love that. No, I don't love that. We don't, don't love, love that. It. Yeah. The no, other that's... thing 
That's really upsetting. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, Julio Jones is at five. Now, this, yeah. this list was pre-trade. So I guess keep that in mind. But I honestly think that's that's way too high to grade him with the Falcons. In my pers- perspective, now that he's with the Titans, I think him and A.J. Brown are probably both way higher. Um, I still think five and six might be a little high for both of those guys. But five with the Falcons. They put him at five with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's being very optimistic. (laughs) It is. is. He's a a name, right? Like he's one of those guys you walk into fantasy drafts and you all, everyone wants Julio Jones because it's Julio Jones, but you look at what he's been able to do or not been able to do over the past two, three, four years. And you're just like, "Eh." injury. And he like, he's been struck with the injury bug. So I feel like it really it's very optimistic of on their end to put him as especially when you have so many and I, I don't want to use the young thing because I don't want to disrespect Julio Jones in any way, shape, or form. This isn't taking anything from him, but when you really look at it, it seems very high. And that means you are also expecting him to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 32 years old. Yeah. He's yeah. 30, 32. So this is a lot of, like you said, optimism to put behind him. And now I also think it's extremely disrespectful to AJ Brown to be sitting behind Julio Jones. Yeah. Again, don't think either of them should be at five, but he should be above Julio Jones on that list because I don't, again, very talented athlete, but I still think AJ Brown outshines Julio Jones this season just because he's been their guy. Right. Yeah. And this is so exciting. And I think it's going to be fun to watch Leo Jones in a new uniform. It's going to feel so strange and we're all going to want to watch it. But I think at the end of the day, AJ Brown is the guy hauling him in for Tennessee. I also think that this list is just very turned around. I think and they it, want, they want trolls because yeah, they the, the do. tight end I, list was not great either. No. And the way I'm looking at it, it seems like they just went based on big names and not yes. actual production of Are you looking at Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas <laughs> and uh Devontae Parker being yeah. at 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There it, there's just a lot like my soul is on fire right now. Like Michael Thomas, one absolutely incredible, like great, but with the with the state that the Saints are in. He was also super injured there. It's just a big question mark. And I feel like I don't like it literally just feels like they're going based off Nate. Like, oh, we're used to this guy being good. Yeah. But not actual. Like, I feel like there's no real thought that's going into it. Does that make sense? Antonio Brown is sitting at 24. Now, I'm just going to sit here and say, I get it. They won the Super Bowl. I understand. But Antonio Brown is sitting at 24. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio Brown and Devontae Smith is not on this list. It's just one of those things where it's like, I get it. They won the Super Bowl. He was there. He did something. You have to remember that he quite literally did not do a lot before the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady says, you, you're my friend. I want you to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And that's what happens. I'm pretty sure they got bonuses. If they they, they did. The yes, Bowl. they did. Which is why, which which is why Gronkowski and Antonio Brown scored in the yes. Super Bowl. Which is why I'm not a big fan of that. And personally, I I get it. I think for Tampa fans, they it's great to win a Super Bowl, and that's just the goal, right? But it it diminishes it a little bit, I think, when the guys that have been there, right? The the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans, the the Scotty Miller, the ones that put in the work through the regular season and really have been there with that franchise don't get to shine on that day because your quarterback decided they were not going to. And if you think it's anything other than that, you weren't paying attention and weren't paying attention the entire season because that is exactly what happened is Tom Brady decided who he wanted to give money to on the Super Bowl day. And that is what happened. So I can talk and, about that all day. And, yeah. And let's be realist. There are three Tampa Bay Buccaneers receivers in the yeah. top 32. Like, obviously, I'm going to say obviously, uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Obviously. That, that's obviously. fair. The chances of Antonio Brown 
also all of them when they also have scotty miller yeah there is so many people there like i just don't think you're going to be able it's not possible like i i can't see it happening i mean you, i guess i shouldn't say it's impossible but it's it's it not impossible. wrong right yeah. and, and we saw look we saw them struggle to put up big offensive numbers through the regular season right like not to say not to take anything away from them or their Super Bowl, because obviously we saw Super Bowl and playoff performances. But I, again, I just can't see three of your receivers ending up in the top 32 when you have Giovanni Bernard, you've got Rojo, you've got Leonard Fournette, you've got, you've got four freaking tight ends you're trying to decide <laughs> between. Like You've got a plethora of offensive weapons and options. And the thought that Antonio Brown is going to sneak his way into being one of the best receivers in the NFL this year is a wild it's thought. It's a wild wrong. thought. And, and I know this is biased. There's no way. When one, when you look at the Eagles, the way we're sitting right now, when we don't have that many options, we give everything to move back up and get this, this stud. There is no way he doesn't make top 32. Also, oh, whatever. Um, also, do you see Cooper Cup sitting at 30? Saw that. Crazy. Crazy considering Crazy. um you now have Matthew freaking Stafford. That's yes. Also, okay, there's a lot of people on this list who have changed teams. And I think that's worth noting. Now, I am still I'm juries out on Matthew Stafford just because I again we have not seen quite literally anything. So yeah. I think there's in theory, yes, he's got the arm. Yes. He's got the accuracy. Yes. Now he's got the team around him to do something. It's not, it's not happening until it's happening. Right. So yeah. I'm, I, I do think that's way, 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 way low, way low. I had him on my fantasy team and he was yeah, he's a stud. unbelievable. Yeah, He's a fantasy stud for sure. I also noticed Kenny Galladay at 19 and this is interesting to me because I, there's something about the Giants, and I think we talked about this back when they were in their like free agent frenzy uh, leading up to the draft. But I'm so impressed with what they did in the offseason. I'm impressed with him. Obviously, now he's away from Detroit and Matthew Stafford, but I don't know. I just do think that he's going to be something this year, and I do think he's going to be higher than 19. Like, I just can't see him falling below some of these guys that are on this list. No, I would have to agree. I I, I think he's going to do big things. I they needed him. Like they yeah. really needed him. And they they picked up another receiver in the draft, so I guess you could argue that but when you have Kenny Gall, like he's good and now you have Daniel Jones who really needs to kind of step up and prove himself and that's the weapon to do that with. So I feel like that's going to be a special connection. But you're really not sold on Matthew Stafford? It's not that I'm not sold. I just want to see it happen. Okay. Right? It's like, I want to believe it. I do. Yeah. It's like I'm like, it's like I'm six and Santa Claus is like, we're still pretending it's real. Yeah. But I feel like I'm on the edge, you know? Yeah. Or like, when I was like still kind of Catholic in middle school and I was like, I just don't know. It's like, it's just one of the things where it's like, show me something, make yeah. me believe. But yeah. until you make me believe I can't get there with my brain alone based on what I've seen. Right. Like I haven't seen enough. There's not enough evidence. I could get there. I could be easily swayed week one. If he looks great, I'm all aboard. You're sold. I'm sold. Right. Week, week one, week, whatever he comes in to play a snap or two in preseason. I'm sold if he looks incredible. Right. Right now I'm not sold because I think we've seen him do impressive things. We've seen him make impressive plays. Now I think there's something to be said about poor management and poor coaching and poor drafting and poor signing free agents, but Yeah. No, I th I also I feel like I'm holding on to, like the hype around him. Yeah, and I think on paper he should be this talented, should be incredible. Yes, and I see all the stories about him. Like he plays, like he's of even if he doesn't execute him as a person and as an athlete, tough. Yeah, mentally, physically, one to play as a Detroit Lion, you got to be tough. 
to the weather in the city. Yeah. Yeah, the, just the organization itself. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, also, he plays through these crazy injuries. Like, he's got the grit. He's got the pure physical talent. So I think I am kind of, and maybe it's premature, but, like, putting puzzle pieces together way too early. And it's like, you have all of this. You were stuck in Detroit. Now you're on the Rams. And he kind of makes up everything that Jared Goff was lacking. So I yeah. feel like you throw him in there, it should be this perfect fit. But there is a chance that th it was all hype. It's not really there. And it wasn't what we were expecting. But I don't know why. I have very high expectations for him. Look, I hope I, he doesn't let me down. Like we said, growth. I go into, I'm going into this season just wishing the best for everybody, it yeah. seems. I don't know what's happening to me. It's like I'm not even myself anymore. It's... By the time I stop to do an audit of the amount of times I've said I'm a fan of a player or like I'm rooting for that team or that situation, it's like it's the entire league at this point. No, I'm, just, I'm literally I'm, just a fan of the NFL. I yeah, it's it's gone to the it's ridiculous now. I'm just one of those people and I can't help it, but I'm rooting for him. I want it to be a success. I also want to see that team get somewhere right because I do think there's a lot of talented people on that team there's a lot of talented people on defense in that team there's just there's so much going on where I'm just like I'm so impressed with what they've built there it just hasn't translated on the field to wins to I mean obviously they got there you've but made it once but... they were there no, legitimately nothing happened. <laughs> Look, you are responsible for probably the most boring Super Bowl in NFL history. So I, I don't felt, I was counting the seconds waiting for it to be over. Can you can you even consider it a Super no, Bowl appearance? No. Like I, I just want to wash that one away from my memory, not yes. only because of the outcome, because I don't think anyone wanted another year of that. Yeah. But then it was just boring through and through. So I, I was like, I sat here and watched this entire season leading up to this moment. And I am praying for it just and and I watched that Super Bowl in a room full of Patriots fans. And that was not a Super Bowl that started at six, by the way. That was a Super Bowl that started late AF at night. And we sat there until one o'clock in the freaking morning waiting for that outcome that was the, like, I, I should have just slept. I should have yeah. gone to bed because like, I don't even, I can't even tell you who was halftime. I don't even know. Cause yeah. I don't, I was so unamused by the entire event. I was, I was not, so you haven't really been there. You've been there, but you haven't been there. Yeah. So like, you I still do, have a lot of work, a lot of work. And I, I do want to see that translate for them. I, I love their coaching staff. They've built, I love the vibe. I love the defense. I love people they have on offense, but I need wins from them. And I want to see it. I want to see agree. it. So I'm here for it. Do you have any other, anything else on this list? No, I honestly, the stretch that kind of, and I've already talked about Terry McLaurin at 17, but you have Amari Cooper at 14, DK Metcalf at 15, Keenan Allen at 16. And then, like I said, McLaurin, Scary Terry at 17. I feel like I would just blow up that little chunk right there and flip it and like basically entirely around. I would be shocked if there is a Cowboys receiver that ends up higher than DK Metcalf or Keenan Allen. Yep. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked about that. I also don't know that I see. I don't know where I stand with the Seahawks and what I think they're going to do this season. I have the hopes, but I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's all well in See, Seattle. See, this is another that I, it's not, it's definitely not all well. And I honestly think this is one of those situations where there was no real talk of Russell Wilson ever leaving up until this season. And I really think it got escalated so much just because there was so much other quarterback movement going on. I feel like any other offseason, there's obviously rumors and talk, but like the fact that they were sitting down having conversations about it, it never would have got there if there wasn't so much movement. And now that they've had these conversations, he literally gave us the list of teams he would be comfortable going to. Um, I think now it's going to be in the back of everyone's mind. So if, shit does start to hit the fan. I I think we're closer to a potential trade than we were 
at the beginning of last season. Um, this is another one of those things where I, I love Russell Wilson. I love DK Metcalf. I like the Seahawks a lot. I don't really know why there were so many issues and why they kind of felt literally fell apart second half of that last season. Um, so I'm going to, this is me choosing to yeah. be like totally calm about it. Yeah. I feel like Russell Wilson is going to come out and look like the Russell Wilson that he was the first half of last year. And if he does that, and if he stays that way, if the O-line can do a little bit more than they were, that's all we're asking for. Yep. Anything more than that would be great. But I think they could be in a very good situation. It's literally going to be hit or miss because it's either going to be good or it's going to be very bad. And I yeah. don't think there's an in-between. There's no in-between. there, no. And we've talked about almost every team in their division at this point. It's tough. It's not looking good. No. So you're, you're going into a tough division already. I think you're right. I think, look, at the end of last season, the remark made about how they should have run the ball more, a, a complete, a complete mess. No. Where it's did you get that ignorant. from? Where did you get that from? Now, if they go into this season saying, we're going to reinforce the O-line, we're going to run the ball more, we're going to get back to fundamentals and pound the ground kind of football, DK Metcalf is not touching the top 32. It's not happening. And it's I love him, love him, love him, but it's not happening. Now, if they come out and they let Russ cook the way he wants to wants to cook the way he looked beginning of last season the way they should the way they should yeah. <laughs> and he should be much higher than he is on this list i could see him being a little higher than 15 honestly yeah. um now odell beckham jr is sitting at 18 and this is the last one i want to touch on okay for me but this feels high and yeah. we we've talked about the browns i like the browns you're getting there it is it's just it feels high it feels high. And it does. I, again, like the guy, but 18 feels high. Where's Jarvis Landry on here? He is 21. Oh, see, I disrespectful question would have Jarvis Landry above OBJ. If you're also, gonna put him, if you're gonna put him both. Jarvis Landry is going to have a better season than OBJ. Like that, right? I'm <laughs> also okay he's sitting at 18 on this list and i love the little blurbs i'm reading the blurbs just to get into their oh, yeah mind. no they just trigger me even more it's terrible so yeah over the past two years in cleveland beckham barely cracks the top 50 at the position okay over the past two seasons he's barely cracked the top 50 meaning he's been at 50 49 48 so you're putting him at 18? Yeah. And then the last line says, it wouldn't really surprise anyone if OBJ changes that in 2021. Okay. Th they're really it, just it, trying to trigger people with this list. Yeah. Because wh what is that? You've provided me no substantial reason to believe he'll be at 18. Now, does it, again, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah, anything but possible. But from what I've seen over the past two years, I'm just not getting there mentally. No. And I think that and OBJ is a, as long as he can stay healthy, such a good piece for them. And me saying he's not a top 32 receiver isn't taking away from that nope. because he is that guy. He comes in in clutch moments. He knows like how to close out. And he knows yep. when it matters most. And he will go the extra mile to make things happen. They, I, he's a great, he works in this offense so well. They, I think they need him. Like, I, I like him there when there's, I understand the thought of them trading just because they do also have Jarvis Landry, who's great. But I love him in this offense. But I just don't see him as a top receiver. That doesn't mean he's not great in the position. And it doesn't mean he's not great on this team. But he's not going to come out and put up these crazy numbers. I, I can't, can't see, see it. it. I no. can't see it. I, Jarvis Landry seems like the consistent one. He's the one that's going to run, like, be the guy you rely on more. And yeah. Odell's the guy that you rely on in the clutch moments that's going to make the big play. And that is perfectly fine. But exactly. to, to crack the top 32, you have to do it week in and week out, and you have to be that guy. Yes. And he's not that guy. 
So amen. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Look at us. Oh, all right. What uh, is there any? I'm trying to see if there's any last minute. Oh. I feel like the rest are pretty lackluster. Yeah. Like I could see it makes sense. Where like, they just were scrolling through and just like through names somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't. It's not yeah. that thrilling. It's honestly really triggering. The whole I don't think way. they have any rookies in here. I don't do think, they? No, which like, I know. I really don't think so. I haven't seen one. Which yeah. is interesting because I think you're always going to have, especially in a rookie class this stacked in the receiver position, you're, you're going to have somebody crack that 32. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. I mean, Jamar Chase is also up there. And depending on how that goes, I mean, obviously they've got T Higgins, they've got Tyler Boyd, but you, you've also got Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. You've got a lot of people that went in those, those first couple of rounds that could, could be there. So it's interesting that they chose not to put any rookies in there. Um, yeah, full choice. Yeah. I'll and this was written in May at the end of May. So this isn't, um, pre-draft by any means so interesting interesting you know i've been having fun with these lists because they are just hard to wrap my brain around they are i'm i'm genuinely gonna write out my own i think what will be fun is at the end of the season we can bring back these lists and go through them and compare and see how they graded on these lists um and maybe even see how we graded if we were yeah list them out but yeah i think uh appalled i think these are always fun so i'm looking forward to doing more of these as we get ready for football but wow i get a little triggered i'm not gonna lie no i get very triggered so now we have that um we still have hopefully all right at least by the time i see you again next wednesday we will have kind of a feel on aaron Rodgers, like a potential at least yeah. moving in one way or the other. Um, I'll either be super depressed or I'll be a little concerned. Okay. So either way, it's not great, but we're getting there. Look, it's we're getting there. We're getting there. It's it's a weird year. Everything's kind of so weird. weird. Just because I felt like all the news happened so early on. And there, like, there were shows where we literally had to pick and choose what we were talking about because we didn't have yeah. time for everything. And the last couple of weeks, we've obviously had like major breaks here and there, but it's not really been anything like consistent or crazy. No, we're kind of just sitting with the same drama week in and week out, waiting to see what happens. And I can't even believe I'm saying this because when this entire situation was unraveling. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. But do you remember um, when Antonio Brown was still on the Raiders and like leading up to that whole season in the beginning of that, where it was just constant every second you turned around, there was something new with him? Yes. I'm kind (laughs) of. Yes. This is how bored I am. I miss that. I miss that too. And I feel like there were a handful of seasons that were that way. Cause typically it's like a couple people are moving around and it's big news this year. It's been a lot of people moving and moving in what feels like quickly. Yeah. But then the ones that aren't just aren't, there's no progress week to week. So it just feels like we're going through a roller coaster of like one week. There's too many things going on and then for the next four weeks there's nothing there's nothing going on and so i i do wish they would draw out the the drama a little more consistently but again who are we oh all right yeah who are we (laughs) all right so thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and like we said next week is going to be exciting because we'll have some definitive direction that we Mm -hmm. can go off of make sure to follow us on instagram at onside chicks twitter at onside chicks pod subscribe to us on our youtube channel you can find us on our podcast will be streaming or be available on apple and spotify Mm -hmm. make sure to give us what likes ratings Uh, comments okay i don't know how the ratings 
Yeah, I don't know how the ratings are working because now Apple Podcasts is like follow instead of subscribe, kind of like Spotify. So if you can rate on Apple, give us five stars. Yeah. If not, just, I don't know, listen to our Just support us in any way that you can and we will be eternally grateful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you back next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.